Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. This week on the Nonprofit News Feed, well, we're talking about a few things, including how some nonprofits are getting scrutinized because of their involvement in promoting the big lie. Jump into that in just a bit. Nick, how's it going? Rich, fall is officially upon us. And the reason I know that is because I went apple picking this weekend. How was your weekend? I went to a college football game in Michigan. So uh, my voice is still, I think, kind of recovering. I'm, I'm getting back to it. It was, a, it was a good time, but definitely fall weather. Love to hear it in the full swing of things. Well, speaking of being in the full swing of things, we are three weeks to the day out from the 2022 midterm elections. And as such, we have election-related news so our top story for this week is that two big lie affiliated nonprofits are being scrutinized by authorities on the eve of the election. So one of these organizations um, is called True the Vote. It is an organization that purported to document unfounded claims of election fraud. They had ties to the whole uh dominion system conspiracy theory well they are now being investigated uh by the arizona attorney general who has made referrals to the fbi and irs to probe the nonprofit uh for financial impropriety that arizona attorney general is actually a trump appointee um similarly the nonprofit organization defending the republic led by prominent election denier Sidney Powell, uh, has made highly questionable expenditures after raising $16 million. A lot of that money seems to have made its way to a private company that Sidney Powell is listed as a manager, uh, purchasing properties, um, exorbitant personal legal fees, um, and the Justice Department has subpoenaed defending the Republic's documents and Powell herself is facing multiple lawsuits, legal sanctions, both criminal and civil complaints, and seems like about as big a mess as you can be in. But the takeaway here is that we have two nonprofits, um, both registered nonprofits, C3 organizations, pushing conspiracy theories and, and quite frankly, uh, Facing the repercussions of that from a legal standpoint. Yeah, I'm at a bit of a loss here. I mean, this is sort of brought to you by just because you have a 501c3 does not mean you're doing good in this world. Great reminder, the purpose of the C3, the tax deduction that taxpayers offer is that it's for the public benefit. It's serving a public good. I have a hard time wrapping my head around how you're able to promote the big lie, a disproved conspiracy that Donald Trump won the 2020 presidential election. Uh, I could go on on how many ways that's wrong, but again, has been completely decided in the court of law that this was a damaging moment and almost a destructive moment to our democracy. And so the question is how on earth 
are you able to keep your C3 destroy the very thing offering tax-free deductions to you? I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get that. If you're working the public interest and you're actually trying to destroy the institution that governs you, question, that's it, question. Yeah, George, I'm with you. And I think even from almost a consumer protection standpoint, um, a lot of the money that these organizations are bringing in via donations, they're coming from, they're coming from people they're basically taken for suckers. Like they're, they feed this fear, they feed this echo chamber, they ask people repeatedly for money. And you almost feel bad for the people who donate to these organizations money that's useless. It's just that they're being exploited. They're exploiting their own donor base for their own personal legal fees, pushing bogus claims that they know is false. But they do it for power, whatever. Yeah. I, I'd like to see like investigations into these and and find a rule or increased vetting um, about what qualifies for a C3. That should not. There you go. Hot take, not that. The destruction of the democracy that governs the C3. Maybe not that. Not in the public interest. Absolutely. All right. I'll take us into our summary then. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, century-old nonprofit Goodwill is taking thrifting online. So Goodwill, which has been around for over 100 years, um, is launching an online purchasing portal for folks to participate in the the tradition of, of buying stuff in Goodwill stores um, online and kind of like a traditional e-commerce play. And it seems that some of the smaller like regional branches or like independent stores have, have maybe been doing this in, in some capacity in the past, but now we we officially have kind of like an official rollout of like a national strategic online e-commerce play. And I think that's really interesting. And if it helps folks um, access goods here, it goes to serving Goodwill's mission of, of helping the community and helping folks get jobs. Like, um, And I know for a fact that um, competitors of Goodwill um, working in similar cause spaces, whether it be Habitat for Humanity, which has lots of physical store locations like restore locations has been doing the online uh, play for a while so i think this is uh, uh i think this is a really important development for that organization yeah i, I think this will open up a whole new world of folks that maybe used to flip things on ebay going to goodwill stores but it's uh it's massive and they talk about this opportunity saying it's you know growing eight times faster than the overall consumer market with people in the uh, Gen, Gen Z loving thrifting as a, as a way of boost in the wardrobe at, a, at an affordable price, potentially moving into a, a tighter time fiscally uh, may be more pertinent uh, that they're making this move. It's awesome. Good job, Goodwill. Yeah. Wouldn't it be so great if we got everyone on TikTok to stop buying from Sheen and instead buying from Goodwill? Imagine the good that would come out of that. Love it. Yeah. Hot take. <laughs> um, but seriously, look into Sheen. It's uh, something, something sketchy. Prices are too low. Anyway, our next story is, um, this comes from a news source I'm not familiar with, FISM.TV, but it's about a major bank, that being uh, JPMorgan and Chase, 
canceling the account of a religious freedom nonprofit, according to the nonprofit. Um, so the National Committee for Religious Freedom, NCRF, is, according to them, a nonpartisan interfaith nonprofit um, and is currently led by former U.S. Ambassador for Religious Freedom, Sam Brownback, and uh, includes representatives from major um, different faiths in the United States, whether it be uh, Christian, Islam, and, and Jewish faiths, as well as others. Um, and apparently, they went into the bank, and their account was canceled, and uh, Chase has declined to comment, according to the National Committee for Religious Freedom, which, um, although billing themselves as nonpartisan, is a C4, which means they can make, uh, they can do lobbying work um, up to a certain extent. Um, so they, they do do political work. Um, that's what that tax classification allows. Um, uh, but according to Chase, which is not commenting, um, their, their bank account is in fact shut off. So I don't have the full details. It seems like we're not getting both sides of the story here. I think it would be potentially alarming if everything uh, that um, the NCRF is saying is in fact true for the reasons of being merely a religious organization, but also it doesn't seem to make sense to me. George, what's, what's your take on this one? Kind of hard to parse through because I, it only came up on this sort of like fringe piece and it seems to be being picked up a bit by Fox. However, big picture, I get very nervous about U.S. banks playing FBI, playing government, playing arbiter of like, let's just shut this off. Assuming that this is not involved with any sort of uh, terrorist flow of money, right? Like, let's pause for a second. There could be terrorism there, but there've been no mentions of that uh, in, in response that they would have hopefully mentioned like, hey, we have we've suspected that there are uh, terrorist affiliations here. We needed to seizure of money. And like, absolutely, like the bank uh, is, is want to do that. But they're asking for full lists of donors to it. And it seems like a very dangerous overreach for a financial institution to be doing this. And I'd much prefer Chase to say, hey, FBI, we think they're shading this over here. If we're not quite sure, go investigate. We just finished talking about a situation where with the big lie, they're like, hey, uh, we're not quite sure like, that these organizations are on the up and up with how they're operating. Go investigate. Like, that's fine. I get nervous when financial institutions turn into governing institutions. Their job is to let money move back and forth, obviously stop control flows of terrorist money into the country for sure. But why wouldn't they just say that? So uh, I don't love it. I don't find myself often <laughs> siding with maybe uh, this, this type of spectrum of uh, nonprofit, but I'll tell you what, it makes me uh, a little unnerved. Yeah, George, I, I, I hear you there. I think um, if not for anything, um, it would behoove Chase to add some kind of clarifying statement here because uh, this organization is prominent enough that they could create bars around this. Um, and it seems to me that even from a reputation perspective, or quite frankly, the decision was probably some kind of risk calculation based on you know who knows what um, from the bank standpoint. But why not just be transparent, you know, put it out in the open. All right, I can take us into our next story. And this comes from CBS 6 News Richmond. 
Um, and the nonprofit featured in this story, uh, OAR Richmond, says they serve about 4,500 Virginians. Um, and the state pardoning of marijuana possessions um, could help over half of their clients. Of course, we've been following the national story of the Biden administration um, announcing the uh, pardons for simple marijuana possession charges. Um, of course, having a pardon uh, greatly benefits you if you have uh, federal drug offenses on your record and it really, really helps. Um, the administration has also instructed uh, the review of the scheduling of marijuana scheduling process from the uh, Justice Department, but it seems to be that uh, this organization at least feels that pardoning can go a significant way in helping folks regain their footing in society after nonviolent drug possession charges. Yeah, this is just a follow-on of saying it's, you know, it's been two weeks since President Joe Biden issued that uh, executive order to grant pardons to those with simple marijuana possessions. And you're just, you know, we're seeing this now have that ripple effect and how it will overnight sort of change the the impact that having a simple possession charge has, has been impacting getting a job, housing, family relations, and, and impacting someone's life. Uh, go away and help nonprofits uh, help make sure that that is a that is enacted in every state as it as it's rolled out because it's now coming down the state by state. So I like uh, seeing these articles go go on at the at the ground level with nonprofits, which is where things actually happen. Absolutely, I think that's a great point. I will continue to continue to keep an eye on this story, of course. Um, but yeah, just wanted to update our viewers on a pretty significant change coming from the administration. All right. How about a feel-good story? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I threw in a little Gates Foundation pledges $1.2 billion to eradicate polio globally. I snuck this one in on you from the, uh, from the AP. And this one's exciting because you remember the Gates Foundation, one of the largest in the game. They previously have uh, dec you know, all but declared war on malaria and done quite a job internationally, uh, but committing $1.2 billion to and to be, you know, implementing the Global Polio Eradication Initiative through 2020 seems to be focused areas of Pakistan and Afghanistan, the last two endemic countries, uh, they said, um, based, on, based on research. So pretty cool. That's a significant... Uh... Significant amount of change there. But we love, we love to see that initiative. And like you said, the Gates Foundation is essentially the leading, the Gates Foundation, the leading um, global health uh, independent nonprofit, um, doing more than nearly anyone beyond uh, uh, the United Nations and, of course, all their local implementing partners and that sort of thing. Um, but this is an incredible story to see. Yeah, it's interesting to see that they're, according to the WHO, say that uh, the incidence of polo, uh, polio uh, has been dropped by more than like 99%. And it is, however, still a disease that is entrenched in more torn regions that we just mentioned. And so it's kind of like we're almost there and 
especially during a different pandemic, to be focused on the eradication of another disease, which is uh, very, very damaging. And see that like, hey, how do we get that final uh, final 1%, which can sometimes be the most expensive, that final final bit. There are questions from experts saying like, you know, is this is more money even able to fix something like this because of the, the hard to reach regions, um, especially during war that is hard to reach, hard to worth uh, certainly worth a shot. Absolutely. No, totally, totally agree there. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely want to follow up on, on this story. All right, here we'll do a podcast in a couple of years. See where we're at. All right. Feel good story? Yeah, what do you have? All right. This one comes from the Staten Island Advance. And it is, uh, <laughs> this is, have a beer for have a heart. Nonprofits Oktoberfest raises money for folks with heart-related illnesses. Um, so the foundation have a heart, a 501c3 organization, helps Staten Island children and adults living with heart-related illness to receive treatment, rehabilitation, and equipment needed to achieve the highest quality of life. And the nonprofit um, entity collaborated with uh, Jody's Club Forest on Forest Avenue, which if you quasi grew up on Staten Island, you know Forest Avenue. Um, and uh, they had like an Oktoberfest, like open bar. Sounds like a great party. And I think we like to highlight stories like this because we're a sucker for good, seasonal, fun, creative fundraisers. And uh, I don't know, I kind of wish I, I, I'd heard about this beforehand because maybe I, I would have taken the ferry out. Yeah, it seems like it would have been worth the trip. I uh, My own pumpkin ale, which happens to be gluten-free, uh, I just finished brewing it. And I'm having my own Oktoberfest party uh, this weekend. So it's a good excuse to... And I, you know, I like what I see there. Very creative. Uh, a joke for you, because I switched from quotes into bag jokes at the end of that email. Uh, why did the skeleton... Yeah, ready? ...donor program fail. Why, George? They had no body to give. See, that's the reward you get for making it <laughs> of a podcast. All right. That was good. I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right. We'll see you out. See ya. Thanks, George. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com slash university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to Greg Thomas music.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 